We want to welcome everyone again for joining us. I want you guys during this whole sermon to think about this. We're going to be talking about one of the greatest things, and sometimes the greatest thing is chocolate. And sometimes there's a difference in how you feel about chocolate. Sometimes you would like some. Sometimes you want some, and sometimes you just outright need some, right? I had thought about having you guys hold them sealed, but you can't eat them until we were done. And then I just figured that would be too mean, especially seeing as how I would be tempted to eat some. And so I'm not going to tempt you guys. (laughs) We don't want you to be distracted by your chocolate. (laughs) So we'll definitely have those to hand out at the end of the service. Just to give you a sweet taste in your mouth to kind of remind you, you know, the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord is sweeter than what, honey? Or sweeter than chocolate? They didn't have chocolate back in biblical times because if they did, it probably would have said, the word of the Lord is better than chocolate. (laughs) Chocolate was a newer thing. They didn't have a whole lot. They didn't have chocolate in biblical times because I'm pretty sure it would have worked in there somewhere. Now, If you've ever read the Bible and you know anything about the scripture and love, you've probably heard of 1 Thess- Corinthians 13. Yeah, right? So I'm going to read it because we probably have heard it in many different translations. KJV is probably read at every single wedding ever, unless I'm doing the wedding because I think it takes too long. Short and sweet. <laughs> But I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase. It's not a translation. It just sums it up, and it goes like this. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all the mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr and I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, doesn't take pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. We only... We know only a portion of the truth, and what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our complete will be canceled. When the complete arrives, our complete will be canceled. And then it says, we don't see things clearly yet. We're squinting in a fog, peering through the mist, kind of like it was earlier today, wasn't it? But if we don't long, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. And we'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us. Knowing him directly as he knows us. 
But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards consumption. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. There's three things that we can take home from that. First, to start off with, the necessity of love. Now, in the very beginning, of Corinthians sins earlier in the chapters, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts. Because back in his time, it was dividing the church. They were arguing over who was better because of the different spiritual gifts they had. And Paul basically said, if you don't have love, you ain't got nothing. It doesn't matter what spiritual gift you claim to have. He says, if you're a gifted speaker, if you can string sentences together that people hang on your every word but don't have love, then you might as well be speaking gibberish. Think of that. Sometimes we're at loss for words. We don't have the right words. We think about the fact that sometimes we don't know what to say or... We wish we were like so-and-so, right? But the Bible tells us right here, if we don't have love, none of those other things matter. It doesn't matter. Even those sacrifices, and we talked about this in Sunday school, right? Remember, we were talking, and we're like, you know, it's one thing. It says, you know, if I give the shirt off my back, if I give everything to the poor and even die for my faith, but I didn't do it because I wasn't motivated by love, then it was worth nothing. Think of that. All these people out there who do good deeds, but don't do it out of the love of God. All these people who make sacrifices. But don't do it because of their love for God. It means nothing. Without love... Any ability we have is worth very little. Without love, any knowledge we gain <laughs> is worth nothing. We could read the Bible every day and night. We could study the stars. We could be a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon. But if we didn't have God's love, then we were lacking in the greatest knowledge. The most important knowledge. And without love, anything we do for others, any kindness, any service, is it motivated by the right 
Is it motivated by God's love? God's love in us and our will, willingness, the necessity for us to be able to show God's love to others. That's what should motivate us. And if it isn't, then it's worthless, it says. Love is a necessity for life. Our theme was all, love is all you need, right? That's basically what it's saying. If you ain't got love, you ain't got nothing, right? But what is love supposed to look like exactly? That's the second thing we need to know. The qualities of love. The qualities of love. I love that. It says that love never gives up. Some other ver- translations call it love is long-suffering. Think about that. Love is long-suffering. The kind of love that's being described here is an unconditional love. It's not love like we define love today. Like, oh, I love chocolate, right? We tend to throw that word around so much that we've kind of lost sight of the significance that word is supposed to mean in our daily lives. Love is long-suffering. It never gives up. Love is kind. I love that this one says, you know, it doesn't strut. In other words, it doesn't get boastful. It doesn't go around saying, I'm so much better than you, or it doesn't go around thinking. When we have the love of God, we know that we're just the same as everyone else. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't get puffed up with pride. It doesn't behave rudely. is isn't always me first, my way, or the highway kind of thing. Now, this isn't for, you know, disagreements. This is talking about being set in your ways to the point where you harm others. And sometimes that happens, doesn't it? It doesn't behave rudely to behave in an ugly, indecent, unseemly, or unbecoming manner. 1 Peter 3.8 tells us to be courteous. And I love that it says it doesn't say me first. It does not seek its own happiness to the injury of others. It does not provoke. It doesn't fly off the handle. It's not easily angered. It thinks no evil. It keeps no score of the sins of others. That's what unconditional is about, regardless of how we mess up. When we try to live right, that's what love wants. But a love loves us unconditionally. God's love. God loves us. It doesn't rejoice when we fail. You know, sometimes we go, well, they got what was coming to them, right? We ever thought that before? Or even worse, one of these days they'll get what's coming to them. 
I know I thought that myself. I'm like, oh. Stepping on my toes a little here. But that's what God's love's not about. Because God's love is believing and understanding that, you know what, one of these days that may happen, but God's the judge. And God will handle it. And part of having God's love in our lives and showing God's love to others is not sweating it. And knowing that God will handle it in his time, though. The Bible also tells us that he calls it to reign upon the righteous and the unrighteous. So sometimes people may seem like they're doing better than you, even though they deserve worse. In those times, do you know what God's love wants us to do? To pray for them. And pray that they will see that God is who is doing all of this for them and that they would come to know God. Not to pray that something bad will happen to them or that they get what they deserve, but that they get to know Jesus. Because they act the way they do because they ain't got God's love. You know, that commercial that says, got milk, right? Milk breeds strong bones. With strong bones, we can be strong and stand up to things. And if not, we're prone to have broken bones and a weak body. Well, if we don't got God's love, we're prone to a broken spirit and a weak mind. We've already said it's a necessity. It's a quality. We've talked about what it isn't, but listen to what it is. It rejoices in truth. It takes pleasure in the truth. The Bible's the first where it says, the truth shall set you free, right? He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, right? Jesus is truth. God is truth. That's why he rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. I love the way the message said it. Remember how it said it? It said it puts up with anything. Think about all the stuff God's put up with lately. All the stuff we've made God put up with. It believes all things. It always trusts God. Trust that God will see us through. Trust that God's got this. That he, when he is in control of our lives, has a plan far better than what we think. What we can dream up. Love believes that God has a plan. It hopes, always looks for the best. Hopes in all things, that everything will turn out well. Love holds on to hope until all possibility of has such a result has vanished. And then it believes that prior one, that things will still get better. You ever heard the story about Pandora's box? When she opened it, right? All these bad things came out of it, but one thing was still left in the box. Hope. Hope and love go hand in hand. 
Hope and love go hand in hand. Because to fully understand the power and magnitude of God's love, we have hope. And with hope, we're able to understand that God's love will forgive us no matter what we've done or who we are or what we will do. When we ask for forgiveness, God gives it. It endures all things. Sounds a little different than the love that we think about in today's society, doesn't it? Where if stuff gets rough, or if we don't like something, love goes away, love fades, love burns out. The love is gone as they sing, right? But that's not the kind of love God's talking about, is it? (laughs) We know that we need it. We know what it should look like. But finally, one of the things, and this is what helps us with our hope, is to understand that thirdly, it is always there. I love that part. It says, love never fails, right? It never looks back, but keeps going to the end. The things of the world are going to pass away one day, but love will be there. And that's why love is all you need, right? Because it's always there, and it will always be there, and it will never fade It will never burn out. It will always be there. It goes on later to say, you know, love never dies. Some of the gifts you have, they're going to fade away. You know, if you're gifted in speech one day, you may not be able to talk, but love will still be there. We may know only a portion of the truth. What we say about God's incomplete. But when the complete arrives, then our incompleteness, our brokenness is canceled. Of these three, until that completeness, we have three things left, right? Faith which is to trust steadily in God, hope in all things and all times, and love. Love is described earlier in that chapter. But the best of these is love, right? These three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, the best, is love. Love never fails. There may come a time when our faith may get weak and our hope may be shaken. But when we remember God's love, when we believe and hope, we can grow stronger. Until that day when Christ arrives, when faith and hope will be what we're rewarded for, through his love. 
Love is truly all you need. Love is the way of Christ. And we are told to love others as Christ has loved us. And so we've got a couple questions to answer for ourselves today. The first is have we truly accepted God's love for us in our own lives? Because we can't show it or give it to somebody else if we don't believe it and claim it and experience it well enough in our own lives. Do we truly believe that God loves us the way we describe love is? And then the second question are we loving others that same way? We're going to play a song as the music comes. We just invite you to take this time in prayer. Think about those questions. Think about what God's love has done for you. And what his love can do for those in your lives that may need it. If you share your things with others, but don't share the God's love with them, then you're doing them a disservice. As the music plays, take this time in prayer. The altar is available if you would like to go for prayer.
Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now this day, Lord, and we thank you for everything that you've done for us, for the love that you've given us. And we ask that you help us to show that love, to be that love for others, Lord. Help us to go into this world, out to this world, Lord, that needs to know your love more than ever. And let us be lights, beacons of that love. Be with us this day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 